name is Kat Ellinger and this is ADHD Wild Women. And something a bit seasonal today, but not perhaps in the conventional way. I've come to record this episode many times. I thought about discussing festive stress and I thought about all the sensory issues that we get around this season. But I don't really want to turn into another one of those self-help podcasts because I think we already have a wealth of those that discuss these more practical issues of ADHD. And I really don't think outside of sharing my own personal experiences that I can add much more to the mix in that. It's the winter solstice today and all of a sudden it just hits me in the face. This poem by Kate West, which was really the beginning of my journey, it really was the start of my awakening and I want to discuss that. But for those who aren't pagan, like me, the winter solstice on the calendar year is basically the shortest day and it's the time that we get the least light. Because of a lot of our comorbids, the darkness of this time of the year can reflect very much on our mood. It can be difficult. A lot of us suffer from seasonal depression, just from the lack of light. And I know that's certainly something that uh, has plagued me for many years. But outside of that, like traditionally, this time of year where we had the feast within the coldest part of the year, in the darkest part of the year, it was all about the celebrating of the coming of the new light. Because from tomorrow onwards, at least in this hemisphere, the northern hemisphere, obviously they're experiencing the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere right now, and that has its own sort of stuff to go with it. But just talking in terms of the winter solstice, from tomorrow and then on out, we get more light every single day. But this coming of the light always seems just so symbolic to me, not even in a spiritual sense, just in this, you know, as I like to do because of my ADHD and I can't just settle. Everything is about personal evolution and moving on and learning more about myself. This coming of the light really signifies, rather than the start of a a quote-unquote new year, bringing in that light and what I want to do with that light for the coming year is we move then into the Beltane which is the fertility festival and finally to fruition with the summer solstice. I've realized my ADHD does make me very susceptible to the cycles of the year and I think as women we are very susceptible to the cyclical nature of life anyway just you know, for those of us who still have menstrual cycles, for example, are just like the moon, our energy levels wax and wane. And there's an additional thing with that, an additional thing if you have ADHD that they're just finding out about now, especially to do with perimenopause and menopause, but also around pregnancy and menstrual cycles, that hormones also have a hell of a lot of impact on our ADHD symptoms. And certainly as I've got into the perimenopause period of my life, post 45, so I'm a few years into it now, and it's just ugh, just joy on earth. But I've realised just how much 
these sort of hormonal spikes impact on my ADHD. And so instead of resisting that, because I resisted it a lot, you know, when it, especially when it first started happening and I started to notice it more, I think the first time I realized, oh my God, my ADHD is shot to pieces was I was trying to post these magazines out. I edit a magazine, small magazine, small independent magazine, trying to post these magazines out this one day. And just the physical thing of putting them into bags and labeling them felt like climbing Everest. But on top of that, I drive all the way to this bloody post office. The magazines aren't in the car. I think that was the moment the penny dropped. And I did start to resist it, but it's impacted on my work. It's impacted on my energy levels. And that is certainly cyclical around my own cycle. Obviously, as hormone levels are spiking and dipping, and they're doing a lot, lots of weird things at the moment. I've noticed like the last week of my cyclical month, I'm, I'm useless. So I might as well not take on any work that requires anything cognitive from me because my brain is like Swiss cheese. And so I've started to look at these seasons like the wheel of the year. And I've started to look at this, this more seasonal thing or this more cyclical thing as something that I need to respect. And I think it's something that all women need to respect at any point within our lives. We need to respect that at certain points within the month, we won't have that energy. We certainly won't have the cognitive en energy and we certainly won't have the physical energy. And it's not just about, like so many of us often do, and I'm certainly guilty of this, trying to power through. It's about respecting that time. And I've come to the same conclusion about this idea of seasonal depression and just when it gets very dark around this time of year, I just want to sleep. I just want to hibernate and it's really not a good time to take on new projects. And I did just start another new podcast about class and feminism. So, of course, I'm not really taking my own advice here, but as much as I can, I try and respect that. I try and now think of that as a natural part of my life, of the cyclical nature of that life as a woman. And, the you know, maybe this time of year, this time of year is, is better served by reflection, by sort of being quieter and more restful. And maybe even... And, and it's difficult to suffer from this. But a lot of that suffering I found, especially before I was freelance and had a lot more autonomy over my work hours. Before that, I was going out and working all sorts of hours in, in cleaning jobs and I didn't really have much control over it. But now I do have a little bit of control and it's not always, it's not always the case. I do try and take it on board that maybe this is my opportunity to rest. This part of the year is my opportunity to just sit back and rest for a little bit because we all need that rest. And I think we need it a lot more than neurotypicals. We burn out so much and so frequently and so easily just because of the sheer energy it takes us to navigate these cycles within our lives, to navigate the effect of hormones and also other external pressures. You know, everything it takes us or anything to do with executive functioning or emotional 
like our emotional state takes a lot of, I try and think of myself as a phone battery. And I've realized over the years that my phone battery is never charged more than say 50%. And so it's like working a phone every day, picking your phone up half charged every day and expecting that phone to work all day. And that's just not the case. So it's for me, the, the this part of the what they call the wheel of the year it is often one of contemplation and and quietude and i certainly get more revved up like around march i can suddenly feel the energy returning to me so it's just about respecting that it's just re- about really respecting our internal cycles as an ADHD person, I am so vulnerable to my environment as well. Not just my internal environment, but just changes in the weather, changes in the physical environment around me. Not just because of sensory issues, but it's just, it's almost like having a sixth sense. Like we're, we're automatically tuned into everything, just that little bit more than neurotypicals. And so we have to be mindful of that fact, just mindful of the fact that things tend to, including changes of the season, tend to affect a lot of us a lot more than they would neurotypical people. So that brings me to the subject of today. And I recently talked about diagnosis and the importance of having that diagnosis. But what I wanted to to talk about today, and I feel completely naked talking about this publicly I guess because it's not something I talk a lot about publicly in the more spiritual side of my life I I, I sound like I'm about to do a sermon don't worry but my whole journey with learning I had ADHD and also then learning about me me the woman with ADHD began with weirdly this more spiritual thing, this more spiritual episode, I guess is a good word to describe it. But I came across this poem by a writer called Kate West called Moon on Dark Water. And it was shortly after this that my friend suggested to me that I could have ADHD. But it was this poem that set me on the path to like finally figure out like what is all this about so I just want to read the poem first and I think it's perfect for the winter solstice because moon on dark water it's all about seeing in the dark and of course we are at the darkest well by the time this airs we'll be coming into the light more but we are in the darkest period of the year and it's all about seeing in the dark and seeing things that aren't perhaps obvious and that's been a big theme with my my ADHD awakening. It has been like an awakening, just suddenly waking up and realising, you know, that you can see differently and just suddenly having that understanding. It's really weird because a few years ago as part of this journey, I read so much about people having these spiritual awakenings. And not to sound like a complete crackpot, but my awakening with ADHD was very much like what they described, although this wasn't a a more spiritual thing. It was like a knowing thing. And it all begins with this, this poem 
So the poem goes, I am the moon shining on dark water. I am the reflection in the lightless room. I am that which is within you, which can only be seen from outside. For my love, mountains have moved and the seas have lain still. I am the want in the mouths of the wealthy and I am the need in the hearts of the poor. I am the cruelty within the sunlight and I am the rest in the light of the moon. In times past, I have been joy and sorrow, pain and healing, lust and innocence. In times to come, I will be hope and fertility, fate and despair. And I am that which lies inside and can only be seen from without. And I am that which is all around and can only be known from within. For in my life there is death, for in my love there is knowledge. Know that to find me you must cease looking, and to know me would be to find yourself. So look again in the moon of Hecate, so look again in the moon of ages. Look again at the light in the blackness, look once more again, the self and unself, and in the unself and self. The glory revel feast in the knowing of me, blessed be. So there's quite a lot to unpack here, but the line that really stood out to me and the line that always resonates with me is it's about knowing and seeing yourself and that everything that you look for or that you're perhaps searching for in this life, that the key to that is in finding yourself. And so this line, know that to find me, you must cease looking, and to know me would be to find yourself. This was the key that opened Pandora's box to me because I realized I was, I think I just turned 40 or I was in my very early 40s, and I realized I still didn't know myself. And this has been a big theme for my 40s. Next year, 2023, will be the last year of my 40s. And in in the case of like personal evolution and this idea of awakening, awakening to your true self or your authentic self, which to me seems to have a deeply spiritual element as well. This really was was a theme for my 40s. And people say they freak out when they turn 40. But for me, I've always said it's like been the richest, one of the hardest, but one of the richest decades of my life so far. And it was certainly the, the one where I finally recognized this neurodiversity. And this whole poem, you know, I am the moon shining on dark water. I am the reflection in the lightless room, is about seeing within the dark. And I often think about this in terms of my diagnosis, that we are in the dark before we know. And it does become like this awakening thing where suddenly we are just aware we suddenly become aware of our neurodivergent nature and that could be because of someone else or that our kids get diagnosed and we start to recognize things within ourselves or it could be through a friend or it could be through re like but it just seems to come like a bolt of lightning and i don't know if this is typical for everyone but i've spoken to a hell of a lot of neurodivergent people especially people that were diagnosed later on you know they weren't diagnosed as kids and they all seem to say like I spent so much of my life not knowing and then suddenly I knew and so this idea of suddenly seeing in the lightless room that's how it was for me 
One day I was completely oblivious to having ADHD. And then all of a sudden, the next day, someone makes a suggestion to me and it all starts to become clear and I can see in the dark. You also have in here, and I think this is wonderful, these contradictions. And this is talking about, I think he's talking about Hecate, the dark goddess, one of the dark goddesses, because Hecate is specifically mentioned. Look again in the moon of Hecate. And Hecate, as a deity, she is, a lot of people find her really scary, but I think, to me, she's more like the, a combination of the crone and the mother, but she is the torch carrier. She is the one who was able to go into the underworld and rescue Persephone. She can walk in the darkness. She can walk through the underworld and she shines her, her torches and so she can bring knowledge and guidance. And so this use of Hecate is very specific. It is about, again, even though her torches aren't mentioned and she's also seen as the keeper of the keys. And again, key can symbolize knowledge. So this very specific use of, of Hecate seems very relevant because it's all about finding keys, finding the light in the dark, being able to see. But then within that, you have all these, because it's talking about the dark goddess in some way, these contradictions, because deities like Hecate, they have this dual nature to them of life and death, giver and receiver, so on and so forth. So you have all these contradictions. In times past, I've been joy and sorrow, pain and healing, lust and innocence. In times to come, I will be hope and fertility, fate and despair. So it's this constant round of contradictions. But here, those contradictions, they don't cancel each other out. They just are. They're just part of nature. This really speaks to me as someone with ADHD because... We're full of contradictions. And I haven't really discussed sexuality, but this idea of less than innocence, I think a lot of us can have a very naive, innocent in a way, sexuality, but at the same time, that can also be hypersexual. Or we have these moods like joy or sorrow, pain and healing. We can be givers, we can be receivers. And I know everybody has that in them, but there's like a heightened aspect to it. And so although this poem isn't about getting diagnosed with ADHD, to me it played a very important part in the beginning of my journey. And I look at it often and I got it out today because it was a winter solstice. And to me, you know, the, the theme of dark and the reflection in the lightless room this is always something I want to think about on this day because it is the darkest point. This is the darkest point of the year. And what it's saying is within that dark, that's where we have the potential to see the most. And then as we come into the light, we can start to do something with that knowledge. We can start to to move into the light and bring about you know, these, these plans for the coming year. I really wanted to reflect on that because in my very first episode when I talked about Clarissa Pinkola Estes, and she does a lot of stuff around this same spiritual nature of woman and she links it to animality and the women who run with the walls 
and it's very Jungian as well, but it's very intuitive and it's all to do with women in their stories and folk tales and this more pagan aspect. And so I felt it, this was perfect to discuss this again, just in a different way. Because in the poem where she says, in my life there is death, again, you get these two contradictions. But that first episode I did about women who run with the wolves, the idea of the bone woman who sings over the bone, you know, in order for certain things to live, something has to die. And that's what these wheels of the year are about as well. It's the constant cycle of death and rebirth. Sometimes it's okay to acknowledge what needs to die. And this time of year is perfect. What do I want to carry into the next year? And what do I want to focus on? What do I want to sing over? I guess that's my little ode to the winter solstice. Also feels very magical around this time of year, even if it's so dark. It, I guess because it is so introspective. It's easy to lose sight of things when we're in the sun, I find. Once we get to the sun and the summer and spring, you know, and, the, and it begins to blossom, it's a totally different energy. And we often, we're so caught up in the, in the moment of enjoying that that we don't really get the chance to settle down and think about things in a much more introspective, quiet way. And so for anyone struggling through this, I just wanted to reach out, I guess, and say there is light in the lightless room if you look for it. And we just need to give us ourselves that time, that time to breathe and that time to really focus on our rebirth for the for the next turn of the wheel for the coming year and so I will be back in January to talk about that to talk about that light what's going to light our fires for 2023 but for everybody who listens I'd just like to say whatever you're doing uh, whether you celebrate Christmas or whatever or any form of holiday I hope you get you know some time for you some time for you and your bones to just sing.